And oftentimes when we're getting up in the morning, people don't have a ritual of uh, grounding, of relaxing. You get up and your alarm goes off and you just off to the races, to the 10,000 item to-do list. So that stress is not helping you to feel grounded and centered in your body and calm. I'm Linus Woods Mullins, and I love to help women to vibe, to be more vibrant, intuitive, beautiful, and empowered in midlife. So come on, let's vibe. Hey, I've got a confession to make. And I try to always be transparent when I'm talking about my own personal wellness. So here's my confession. Somewhere along the line in the last 15 months, I gained 20 pounds, okay? 20 pounds. And after the holidays, I said to myself, just like everybody else says, okay, this is it. This is it. You know, I'm definitely going to crack down and figure out where this is all coming from. And I did. I figured out what was going on. You know, for me, it was hormones and uh, it was emotional eating. And it was a traveling I did over the summer of 2023 and eating out and drinking that all added up to this thing of 20 pounds. And, you know, it's so bad that my, uh, my family and does not get sick of hearing me talk about it. So we're going to talk about it here. Because they're sick of it. They're like, Mom, you don't even look that. It's not so like what you look like. It's really about what you feel like. And for me, those extra 20 pounds don't work. Sure, I can still wear my size six. A little tight though, okay? I'm just saying. I could just still do that, but it doesn't feel right. When I'm dancing or jogging or whatever, my ankles be buckling because it's carrying more weight than what it's used to. And other things that say that my body's telling me, okay, girlfriend, stop it. You need to do something about it. But the question is, let's say we go ahead and we get these plans like I do of how we're going to drop the weight. After all, right, I'm an expert at this because I coach other people, but you know how that goes. Do as I say, not as I do, right? Okay, so that would be me. You know, as I'm watching, as I'm coaching other women, I'm watching the scale go up, but I do know what to do. And I have come up with this plan, but the question is, when we come up with these strategies, how can we create strategies that are going to stick? And what kinds of things do we need to be paying attention to? I mean, because dropping weight is all about what you put in your mouth right? Or is that wrong? Well, I have with me someone who's going to give us these answers and she's going to give me some advice right here live, okay? I'm going to give me some advice. Dr. Medina Allen, she is awesome and she has been on the show before. In fact, last year when you were on Dr. Medina Allen, you were the highest rated show last year. And I have to thank you for that right now. Thank you so much because it is probably the difference because we are now in the top 10% of Apple Podcasts. And there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there. So thank you so much uh, for the wonderful content. You're a teacher, you're a way shower, you're a facilitator of full spectrum health. And I know you work with families on how to um, create real health insurance. I love that statement because the real health insurance is making sure that you stay well in the first place, right? Absolutely. Well, welcome. I'm so glad to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me back. It was really fun. It was fun. It was. So here I am. 
I am your transparent guinea pig. I have let the whole world know that I've gained these extra 20 pounds. I'm definitely worth the butt. And what I've decided to do, a couple of things I've decided to do. I've definitely started to work on my cortisol levels. No more coffee first thing in the morning. It's usually about 90 minutes to two hours after I wake up. Do a lot more grounding. I'm taking an inositol. I am also making sure that my magnesium is where it needs to be because these are all factors that can, you know, deal with hormonal weight gain. But the other part is, is that I have, watch my portions basically. Because my eating habits were already really good. Even when I was junking myself, my, my junking is someone else's healthy eating. I mean, I was already, I was already eating healthy, but my portion control was out of control. So given all of that, and that's my strategy, can we create strategies that will keep us on track? What should those strategies include? Right. That's a great question. So in creating strategies, you definitely want to get to the root of what has to your weight loss. Weight loss, such a multidimensional process. And one person's reason for weight loss is not the next person's reason. So you talked about hormones, you talked about portion control, you talked about traveling. There's so many pieces of the puzzle. So to apply the correct strategy, you have to apply, first have the correct diagnosis, right? Or how, or realization of what the root of your weight gain is. So that's step one. So once you've clarified that, what comes to mind, first of all, is hydration. Oftentimes, and you talked about not having coffee, right? First in the morning. What I love to do so that it ensures a fuller bowel movement, right? Which can help to find to really reduce, relieve weight in the, you know, excess material in the gut that's no longer needed there. You want to hydrate. So as soon as you get up, what I recommend is drinking at least 16 ounces of water. A little warm, you can squeeze a little lemon juice in it to make it more alkaline. But having this water is going to hydrate the colon and help increase a chance of that first elimination. And that's a great way to lose weight and <laughs> to cleanse the colon, right? And oftentimes when we're getting up in the morning, people don't have a ritual of grounding, uh, of relaxing. You get up and you, the alarm goes off and you just off to the races, to the 10,000 item to-do list. So that stress is natural for you to feel grounded and centered in your body and calm. You can actually produce the elimination that's necessary. So that's where I would start. Is I love the idea of hydration and I do hydrate not quite uh, 16 ounces. I'm going to increase that. Um, you know, I do have a morning practice, which is definitely stress reducing. And I usually do the morning practice that that inner voice Holy Spirit tells me to do. Because I, I, I used to do the same thing all the time. And then something told me, no, you need to change it up based upon what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. It takes the pressure off in a way. But there are some things that I try to do always. And I, I belong to two prayer lines. And I used to get up and do the two prayer lines every morning. The first one starts at 5 a.m. The other one's at 7. Now I do one or the other, not both, depending on how I'm feeling. And I always, you know, try to do my grounding, do some movement, drinking the water. I used to do intermittent fasting and I'm for intermittent fasting, but I uh, stopped that for a while. Because tell us a little bit about intermittent fasting and what breaking metabolism means. And what's your opinion about all 
Right. So intermittent fasting means that you're going to abstain from eating for a period of time. So people, all patients coming in saying, I, you know, took my last meal at eight and I'm going to eat again until like, I don't know, noon the next day. And there's different, you know, time frames that give that fasting. So what you're doing is slowing your metabolism down because you're not eating as much. When you're eating, it's kickstart as metabolism. In the last show, we talked about why I'm not a big fan of that because breakfast in the morning is going to help to eventually, if you don't have an appetite, it'll help you increase your appetite. Appetite is a sign of health, right? You're getting your energy input that's necessary for the rest of your day, kickstarting your metabolism, you're in, you know, increasing the functionality of the stomach and the spleen. And according to Chinese medicine, Stomach is most active between 7 and 9 a.m. That's when the stomach interferes and it's, you know, at its optimum capacity and functioning. And so when you're not given the stomach that's ready to receive its nutrients, you know, what is it going to then pass on to the spleen to transform and spread to the rest of the body? You're not giving it anything. So people are crashing. Well, Yet, oh, they're not hungry and losing weight, but is it in a healthy and a sustainable way? Right. In fact, but we talked about that. That's when I made the decision to stop doing it. Plus, I also had felt that I had broken my metabolism, that my metabolism kind of stopped working for me in the way that I thought it should be because it was, it, it, I wasn't doing what was serving my body. And so it just stopped. It just stopped. I mean, because I wasn't eating until 12, I would go to bed like around eight or nine because I get up very early and I would not go to bed until uh, I would not eat until 12 o'clock in the afternoon and then I wouldn't eat anything else after six so there was like this small window of time where I could eat and what happened over time even though I was eating less calories I wasn't necessarily losing any weight because my metabolism wasn't really working I wasn't I wasn't feeding myself enough calories I was not and I think after a while, my metabolism, my body's like, whatever, we're going to hold on to whatever you give us because you're not, you're starving us, basically. You're not eating enough calories. And even though I did pick up weight, not, but I picked up weight because of the portion control and the kinds of things I was eating, not because I was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, well, yeah. Congratulations for listening to your body and, and wise enough to shift when it was necessary. Some people don't do that. They take advice and they just follow it regardless of the results in that I feel like it's a disservice that we are feeling ourselves when we try something and it doesn't work we think it's something wrong with us mm-hmm. and that is you really have to become the expert on yourself right and knowing what works and what doesn't and of course having the conversation with the practitioner you're working with maybe the plea can be sweet but we are each so unique so so unique we have to respect our bio individuality so that's what I always encourage everyone to do. It's just really listen and shift, listen and shift, <laughs> listen. And- I like that. Listen and shift. Why is that so important? Because we are so, such dynamic beings. The constant is change. We are always changing. What worked for us at 20, what worked for us is 30 or 40 or 50. And so people who are kind of stuck in that time, you know, zone of just, I'm doing what I did. I've always done. There's just so much more to be realized about ourselves. We are always evolving as human. <laughs> well, it's so funny. About, it, it seems like such an 
obvious things, you know, okay, listen. And then if you know it's not working, change. But we as humans have can be very, very stubborn and be resistant to change. Or because it seemed to have worked before, it should work again. Or, you know, Sally Mae down the street is doing it. And Bali Joel up the street is doing it. And they seem to be getting results. So I'm going to continue to keep banging my head against this brick wall. Blood's coming all down. <laughs> We're still doing it. Insisting that it's going to happen. I think we've all been there. But there comes some point in time where you have to make a, ch- a decision to pivot. But also embrace that piece. I think sometimes with change comes the fear of this, the change itself. Absolutely. And yeah. the fear of the unknown. Like what's on the other side is going to give me the results I'm seeking. And that there comes trust, knowing that when, you know, you're receiving the result, you're not getting what you want, trusting, just trusting, you will get what you need, just knowing that you're going to just keep trying, you're not going to give up, you're going to seek the right, you know, situation, workout routine, you know, foods, you're going to get it, just don't, I have to train myself also just to have faith and trust because I tell you, it, we will constantly be truth about life. Change. Change. It's true. It is a part of it. Yeah. You know, one of the things that, you know, it comes to women over 40 and this whole anti-aging thing, I could never get quite into that term because that means anti-aging. Your, your body's changing. You're getting older. Well, that means you're still alive. If you're anti-aging, that means what? You're anti-life? I I've never quite understood that because mm-hmm. if you're against the aging process, that means you're against living because the reality is the longer you live, you're going to age. And uh, it's a part of the changing process. It's a, it's a part of change. But for me, in my experience, I'm living my best life at 66. I, I really love where I am in my life right now at 66. And one of the first things that I did was the idea of embracing the change that was going in my, with my body instead of fighting it. Now, there's some things I don't like, and so therefore there's some things you can do to minimize it. But what I hear you saying is that change is a part of life, and I'm saying, well, why not go ahead and embrace it? So when you're working with your, your patients, what kinds of things do you do to help them embrace change and to keep them motivated to implement the strategies that you, that you recommend? Yeah, I mean, to stay motivated, I like to... And- kind of incite the idea of curiosity and excitement unknown because we all fear the unknown. That's just built in our DNA as humans. So to shift is to be curious about what's behind door A, right? right. Or B, or what can you, what new thing can you learn about yourself when you step into this new set of circumstances? Because the reality is we're just going to keep expanding and growing and learning if we allow ourselves to, so, you know, just, just calm the seer. It's okay. You know, you're going to be fine. It's just honestly soothing. Like it's soothing. A little child going up in the garden for the first day. It's going to be okay. It's going to be great. You know? So it, it's basically just encouraged. Yeah. To be curious. Now, you had mentioned earlier about, or I was looking at your interview preparation form about fitness. And there's a lot of schools of thought about fitness and weight loss. What's your philosophy about that? My philosophy is fun. <laughs> if okay. I'm having fun, I don't want to do it. So I'm not a gym person. I had a friend earlier to invite me to the gym. I 
actually bowed out of that invitation because machines make me go to sleep. Like I want to go Oh, I just had a visual of you. I'll be ready to go. Maybe if it was like a group of 20 people, we're all excited. We have music going and we're doing a particular thing. But I love nature. I love being out in all weather, actually, and just breathing in the fresh air and looking at the trees and looking at the sky. I love Devil Dutch. Devil Dutch is so fun. It takes me best to be 10 years old on the block. Stop your jump rope. Double Dutch jump rope. Jump rope. Okay. I'd say it's not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I love doing that and it takes me back to just that time of life where everything was exciting and new, you know, but it's, I belong to the 40 plus Dumbo Dutch Club. So this is group. Cool. Oh, we are just so, we just have the best time. And we are, we put our children aside, our partners to, to the side and we come and just encourage each other. It's so much laughter. The oldest number is 81 and always an excited every time I see her jump. I love that. So let's say somebody like me, because I haven't paid the jump rope in quite some time, but I was a dancer for years and years and years. I stopped dancing in public mm-hmm. on stage when I was 61. And uh, my ankles, I can tell because I haven't been working out, you know, dancing every day like I used to up until that time, are a little bit weaker. What mm-hmm. kinds of warm-up exercises do you do for that before you start jumping? I know you just don't go in and start jumping. Do you do a warm-up or? Well, when we go and we warm-up, we actually walk around a few times hula hoops at every play date. So we always hula hoop. We can do some stretching. Yeah, when I first started jumping again, like regularly, my hands were on fire all the time. So <laughs> I think I even shims once when I had to mm-hmm. re-stretch. Yeah, and so, you know, you just want to properly warm up. And there's different ways you can jump up with that. You can do the bunny hop where you're just literally hopping up and down. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. skill turners know how to turn according to your rate. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's funny. So that's one of my fun activities. I also walk with girl track. So that's another favorite activity. So that's, you know, my other group of women who may not jump, jump in double dutch, but we love to just walk and talk and you know, help each other solve our problems by just listening and talking. I love the community aspect. Yes. Being together and being sit. So. Yeah. You know, that's interesting because there should be, I think there should be a community aspect to your fitness. I know that most of my girlfriends, what we walk and talk, that's what we do. I get on the phone, they start walking, I'm walking, and it makes the walk go by a lot faster. Because lots of times, because I'm still working and they're not, uh, so a lot of times I'm too busy. I'm working when, when, you know, they call. So that's our time together. And it makes the uh, movement part of my regime so much more fun. But the other thing is, I think when it comes to movement, especially if you're looking at it in, in terms of getting fit, is, you know, also what's fun, but also what brings you joy. What is it that you used to do that brought you joy when it comes to any kind of movement or fitness activity that you stopped doing? Maybe going back to that. And some people might say, oh, no, I, I, I'm too old. You know, I haven't done it for years. You would be surprised, right, how the body has the muscle memory that begins to come back if you've done that kind of thing before. And because you enjoy it, you're, the, the possibility of you stopping it is a lot less. Because you're right. There's some people who do not enjoy going to the gym. But yet they force themselves to go to the gym. And then six months later, you see girlfriend in the grocery store. Hey, you're still working on it. No, bro, I stopped that. <laughs> because there was, no, there was no joy in it. Right, right. Joy is always 
vibration that pulls me forward to joy and fun. I don't care what it is. Even when I'm cooking, I turn on some James Brown and really want to get to work. You know, I have to have the, the, the movement, the music, the light. Even when I'm tired, I really, <laughs> that music lifts me up, really gets me up. Yes. Well, that's, I believe in that and I believe in vibration. And I, I, my goal is always to vibe at about 152 uh, megahertz, about 152. That's, that's supposedly the joy megahertz. I try, that's my achievement. And when I'm up there, it's so much easier for me to motivate myself to move, motivate myself to eat correctly. And I think that, you know, your emotional health has a lot to do with your overall fitness. And what I learned about three years ago was the importance of gut health. And I know that's something that you talk about also. Why is gut health so important when it comes to our moods and how, how quickly we might get in shape and lose weight? Well, there's so many things. So there's research that talks about gut as a second brain. There's brain gut um, pathway. It's there. There are so many nerves that get innervated to help produce certain uh, hormones. And mm-hmm. so hormones affect your mood. In terms of losing weight, if you don't have, you need, the gut needs certain um, bacteria, so more good bacteria, bad bacteria, right? To help to metabolize it, break it down, and to excrete the waste. So from stress to many um, processed foods to Often, you know, just the uh, hormones that are in the foods, our health is absolutely compromised. GMO foods compromise the gut, stress compromises the gut. So we need to always be eating foods that are fresh, have lots of good bacteria, and taking a probiotic to help, again, produce bacteria in the gut, just so that it can do the work that it's supposed to do, processing taking what the body needs and then excreting what it doesn't. Yeah, yeah you know, it's interesting because you mentioned probiotic and now there's a whole thing because my clients ask, and I, I would love to hear your explanation. What is the difference between a probiotic and a prebiotic? And do we need to have both? Right. So, yeah, so the prebiotic is going to help in the production of the probiotic. So it just gives that, you know, it kind of sets stage, if you can think about it there. That way sets the stage for the, the guts who had the good bacteria there. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, lots of people are taking prebiotics, which kills all bacteria and the bad. So prebiotics are important if you've ever taken an antibiotic. Yeah. Yeah, I am so glad to say that. I can't mean, I, I think it's been about 15 years since I've had an antibiotic. I've been mm-hmm. very blessed in that area. But it's interesting, though, as I've gone through the aging process, the gut has become more of my issue. I didn't used to have a gluten sensitivity, but I think I do. And interestingly enough, everything that has gluten, I shouldn't be eating anyway. So, you know, with the breads and the crackers and all of that, which is my go-to for stress eating. So I found that when I let that go, that it was amazing how the gut began to heal itself. What are other things we can do to ensure healing the gut? What kinds of foods do we need to be focusing on? Great. So fermented foods have excellent, you know, like probiotic contents, sauerkrauts, yogurts, even really good bone broths. Bone broth was excellent for the gut because it's 
a good bone broth is tied to a phthalate, so it helps to heal and seal the gut and want to produce the hydration of the gut. So, yeah, that's another key issue too with the leaky gut syndrome. So the good broth is going to have the gelatin in it that's going to balance the gut. But yeah, again, like fresh foods, you definitely want to have a balance though, like all raw, like too much for the gut. Um, with sand, so having some lightly cooked foods, having some soups, and soups. You just variety is the name of the game. You don't want to go like just overboard with one type of because of a documentary or a book you read. I mean, oh my gosh, there's so much out there. There really is, and that's why it's so important for you to listen to your body because what's good for the goose may not be good for the gander. Or, as in my case, it was good for me for a while, but then things changed. And rather than as you to use that graphic analogy of hitting my head against the wall and waiting for something to just breathe down and say, okay, maybe I should stop that. The minute you begin to feel something different, that means that maybe you need to change. It's not, it doesn't mean necessarily that you've been doing anything wrong. It just means that your body chemistry is changing, your hormonal levels are changing. And the more you check in with yourself, uh, the more successful you will be in maintaining your wellness and for the people like me, you know, reducing some of those unwanted pounds and inches. Now, we've, we've covered a lot of things since we've been talking, but there's one thing we haven't talked about yet, and that is your organic soul uh, chef uh, business. Tell us about that. Right. So organic soul chef is a multimodality political health practice through which I share tools for people to, you know, get started with whatever healing journey they want to go on or really just in, empower the journey they're already on. So they strategies for losing weight, strategies for cooking more, yoga. Of course, I do the cooking club once a month. Um, excited to share that we have. I was doing it virtually last year because of COVID. Just wanted to help people stay safe and stay home. And now we're going to be in person in D.C. Dream Center. So once a month, I'll be sharing the cooking club via space, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, just, you know, things are on the horizon. I'll be doing some community cooking classes as well with a local organization, the Friends Band Park this summer. So lots of good things. That is great. Now, for those of us who aren't blessed enough to live in D.C. to to experience you in person, do you ever do any of these virtual cooking classes? Absolutely, absolutely. So I do uh, one-on-one and group classes virtually. I do strategy sessions virtually, and I do coaching programs virtually. So it's really whatever the community or the individual wants. I can basically curate an experience. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, for those of you uh, who are interested, and all of you really should be interested in finding out more about organic cooking, because that really is so important when it comes to our overall wellness, please go ahead and take a look at the links that I've put down in the show description. That will take you to the wonderful Dr. Medea Allen and her services as an organic uh, soul chef and also as a holistic doctor. She is a wealth of information, as you can see. And Dr. Medea Allen, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been wonderful having you here. Thank you so much, Linus. You're welcome. And thank you to all of you. I'm so glad that you took some time. There's the thousands of podcasts out there you can be listening to. So thanks so much for listening to us. And if you liked anything that you heard, please subscribe to the podcast, like it. And I would love to hear your comments. And let me know what other kinds of things that you like to hear about when it comes to your vibe, you know, being more vibrant, intuitive, beautiful, and empowered in midlife. Have a fantastic day, everyone. And don't forget to vibe. Bye-bye, everybody.